Hello, I'm Dan. Hello, I'm Simon. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Simon, what are we talking about this week? This week, Dan, we're talking about Beth Nielsen Chapman. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, the Clark Tholicism, the my practice of only picking the first article that we randomise on, I feel like it may have let us down somewhat. Th- this article does actually have a um, like a lot in it, but I have no clue who they are. <laughs> I've never heard of them, okay. and I don't think we have that many connections to them. So, and this interestingly, usually with a person, there's some indication as to what they do with their their kind of profession in brackets, right? Yeah, there's there's no bracket. It's there's just her, it's just her name, and also there's a little mm. thing at the top. There's a warning that says this needs additional citations. Uh, conscientious ah. material about living persons that is unsourced or poorly sourced must be removed immediately, especially if potentially libelous. Uh, so this Good. could be fun because I, I suspect there may be some libel in here because uh, Beth Nielsen Chapman, born in 1958 in Harlingen, Texas. Mm. Oh, that's a they, <laughs> that's Beth Nielsen Chapman, open bracket, born September 14th, 1958 in Harlingen, Texas, is an American. No, there's no end to the bracket, basically. That is ah. that's triggering my uh, my programmer sensibilities. Uh, is an American singer and songwriter who has written hits for country and pop music performers. Hmm. Um, and there's a picture of her. She looks like the kind of person that would ask to see the management at a restaurant if their food's not uh, like completely oh, hot. Um, so uh, basically, I'm, I'm going to look through the songs that she's been involved in. Uh, has she had a number one? No. Uh, <laughs> Shock horror. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there must be plenty of, of of songwriters, you know, and we only hear about the one or two. Do, can you name any people who are just songwriters? Um, no. No, exactly. Like, there's that one in the Rick and Morty episode where, like, um, the president's like, get this person. You know, they wrote all of these things and nobody knows who they are. There was that famous guy who wrote all of Elton John's stuff, right? You mean Elton John? No, he had a lyricist, didn't he? Oh, what? Uh, uh, Tim Rice? Think so? He did the music for, like, The Lion King, didn't he, Tim Rice? I think they they collaborated a fair bit, but I'm not sure. No, Tim Rice is the author. Um... I'm thinking, I'm sure there was a name of somebody, or I'm thinking of another... Tim Rice is a lyricist. Tim, Tim Rice is a lyricist, I was right. Oh, I thought he was just an author. Uh, well, okay, I, uh, this is the, what might have happened here is you read the start of a Wikipedia article and then stopped, because the start of it is, Sir Timothy Miles Bindon Rice, A-plus name, is an English author, and I think that's the point at which he maybe stopped. It then goes on to say, and Academy Award, Golden Globe Award, Tony Award, and Grammy Award winning lyricist. <laughs> That's really interesting how, like, if you just Google his name and you see, you know, like, it comes up with a profile, mm. it's, yeah, it's author first, despite the fact that he's got, he's, he's won all these awards as being a lyricist. Oh, he did The Road to El Dorado. Ah, you mean you and Ed Dunn, the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic film. Um, oh, he must have done because um, Elton John did quite a bit of the music for that, didn't he? Oh, yeah. That was that phase in Disney when, you know, they were getting people who were actually relevant to the charts to do a song yeah. for the movie. Elton John and Hans Zimmer. Yes, after because he worked on the Lion King as well, handsome. Because mm-hmm. um, I I tweeted that the other day actually. I was like, in, I think my version of Hell is um, di- di- your favorite Disney songs, like all of your favorite headline Disney songs, but only the versions that played over the credits. 
So like, do you remember? Do you remember that it was like a phase? And I think Avatar did this as well. Like there was that phase from sort of like the mid '90s to maybe like 2010, when mm. you just get the the title song of the movie, and then it would be someone like Leona Lewis or Boys yeah. to Men or like somebody that now we go who, um, you know, doing doing the version of the song with a couple of exceptions like Michael Bolton's Go the Distance. They're all yeah. terrible, and it's like yeah. Uncanny Valley. Where like I know this this song, but like. I don't know this version. I don't like it. Then I'm just seeing through the other um, people also search for after searching for the Road to El Dorado, uh, and there's just so many like old um, old Disney that was just like superb. Are you gonna Are you gonna uh, talk about Treasure Planet? I'm gonna talk about Treasure Planet. I'm gonna talk <laughs> about Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Yep. Um, oh yeah, the Prince of Egypt. That was really that weird. wasn't Disney. That was DreamWorks. Uh, I remember. Ah. Because that, that that was the one that was like visually amazing and the music mm. was fantastic, but just like well, nobody... it was a totally different animation style, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was the, one of the first ones to use a lot of CG, um, mm. but you know, just it didn't engage with people like emotionally. It was one of those films yeah. that like technically it was fantastic. Uh, oh, we could talk about the Oscars. Oh, there's a lot to talk about this week. Oh, okay. Um, okay, can I can I put a, a like? Can we bookmark your discussion and fangirling over um, Treasure Planet? Because we should probably at least reference Beth Nielsen Chapman a little bit and discuss who she is. Because that is meant to be the point of this podcast. Um, so, basically, she is yeah singer and songwriter, country and pop. What do, what do you want to know? Uh, there's quite a bit in this article, so I can probably look for what you're after. Um, how, when did she start singing? While living in Germany at age 11, Chapman started playing guitar after her mother hid a famous guitar as a Father's Day gift in her room. (laughs) Sorry, Dad. This is mine now. Um, She also learned to play the piano at the same time she started playing guitar. As a child and teenager, she listened to a variety of music, including a bunch of people whose names I'm not going to read out. Uh, And then in the 70s, she played in a rock and pop group called Harmony in Alabama. Um, Wow. Effectively replacing Tommy Shaw, who had just left, to join Styx, which is one of the most Alabama names of a band I could possibly think of. Yeah. Uh, okay, I don't know. I, this is my. I don't know anything about country music. I, I only know the caricatures of country music from people like Hat Films. Mm. Uh, do you listen to country at all? Um, kind of. Not like explicit country, but one of my favorite bands is the Milk Carton Kids, who I've played you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and they're kind of they're more of kind of like uh, acoustic more of almost like a bluegrass route think simon and garfunkel but with a bit more of a country vibe but i don't listen to it like explicit country stuff but you you, i mean you went to see them live didn't you yes they're superb in union chapel london which is a fantastic venue i've been there actually yeah i went to see straight no chaser there Mm. Um, i'll include a link to the milk it's the milk carton kids isn't it Yes, uh, yeah. I'll include a link to their Spotify in the, the show notes. We have show notes, by the way. I don't know how many people actually click them, but I do try to put a bunch of links that are relevant to what we're talking about uh, in the description. Um, yeah, because I don't really listen to country. I like early Taylor Swift, you know, like mm. her country stuff. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, like, it's just a bit like... Also, like, all the classic stuff, like, I don't know, the early Dolly Parton stuff and the stuff they do in the Blues Brothers when they're in the country bar, um, mm. <laughs> like Rawhide. I, it's not a genre of music I really know anything about. I'll be honest. No. Like we're pretty widely listened as as people, I think. But oh, I say so. Yeah. You know, no, nothing really. I've certainly never heard of Beth Nielsen Chapman before. No. Uh, but not, I, to be to be fair, I don't think that's a fault of ourselves. I think that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, I mean, I don't think 
is the UK even referenced here? Oh, Chapman's album Back to Love was released in the UK on, in 2010. Uh, and it closed out 2009. The single closed out as the BBC Radio 2's Record of the Week. Wow. wow. So she actually is kind of legit. Record of the Week. Oh, the album was called Live On, but spelled L-I-V on. Mm. That's quite, that's quite. Oh, it features Olivia Newton-John. Mm. God, for, this is this is such a long article that contains so little that's interesting. That story about her and her dad's guitar is basically the only interesting thing. It's probably that it's 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 long and contains nothing because it's been written by her publicist or herself. Just <laughs> padding it up, padding it out with like nonsense. I mean, she's been. They to... need to take it. They need to take advice from the Wikicast uh, fan wiki. Oh my god! Um, which is a a holy wonderful wholesome and uh nutritious place oh i wonder actually wholesome and adequately nutritious mm. uh has mm. have they basically i took a, a quick little trip onto the the wikicast discord which is uh you know oh, did you actually go yeah i i briefly descended from the heaven from the hens and the mm. skies parted and i came down and i was like what up and then it was quite funny they they demanded uh this is so that the wikicast discord for those of you who are not on it um i'll include a link to that in the show notes as well um it's a place for people that like the, the podcast to talk about it basically and it get and it's mm. weird uh, as i said to dan just before recording uh i felt like i'd stumbled into a dimly lit bar where all the posters were of dan and i in various photoshops um it was dan and me yeah you're probably right there aren't you yeah, sorry. I was completely unnecessary and totally interrupted your flow, but... But it's important to be I, I, correct. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, I mean, I'm just thinking of the chat on the live stream on Saturday. Uh, I see, yeah. Hi, chat. We, we love the live stream. Hi, chat. We both, we both actually you. tuned into bits of it this time, didn't we? Because I, I, yes. I was meant to be away, but I had... Oh, God. The, the, that's another thing to talk about. Yeah, the snow. Anyway, I'm going to stay on topic for once. Mm. Um, Go on. Uh, yeah. What was I talking about? <laughs> you were on the Discord and you walked in. Or you oh, were yeah. using the bar analogy. So I went in the Discord and I kind of posted proof that it was me. I posted a picture of me mm. with a little sign that was like, hi, Discord. And it was it was like cats scattered in all directions. Like everyone was yeah. like, oh, fuck, get out, go, go. Um, it was, it was like really... a prohibition era raid. Literally. It was like, quick. Quick, get it all away! Pour it all down the toilet. Get it, all, get it away! Tear the posters of them down. Tear the photoshops yeah. away. Um, so <laughs> it was really funny, and I, I, I kind of stopped in, and then I was like, right, I just want to ask you a question. Okay, bye. And then like it was like uh, ascending into the sky, like trumpets. Mm. The clouds kind of part back, you know, like um, reform as I fall away from the earth, and then yeah. just left them. And I don't know what's happened since. I hope there was chaos afterwards. Um, but I was I'm wondering sure was. if that's been added to the Wikicast wiki but apparently not my article is actually much shorter than yours uh you have a fantastic article it's got to be said I've, i have i flicked through mine while i was at work the other day when well you sent it to me and well, on my <laughs> facebook page you said uh our readers are the best and i scrolled through and it is a pretty fantastic page i'm not gonna lie the uh things that and people that dan looks like section is it's just so mm. accurate i love it <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah we're, we're, my my uh little foray into the this discord hasn't been included yet uh, so, yeah, that that will have to happen in the future. But yeah, the Wikicast wiki—that's mm. what this the her Wikipedia should be like because there's actually nothing interesting on it. The only thing that I yeah. found that's interesting whilst we've been talking is that her genre is described as country and adult contemporary, hmm. which is a genre I'd never heard of before. Uh, apparently, no. it's basically um, 
North American term to describe a form of radio-played popular music, ranging from 60s vocal and 70s soft rock music to ballad-heavy music of the present day. So basically, crap. It's, you know, like, really mainstream, just appealing to the lowest common denominator rubbish uh, with very little artistic merit. Uh, Sounds lovely. Oh, look at that. There's a picture of Michael Bublé. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's basically her in a nutshell. Uh, she's she's an unsuccessful or moderately successful person at adult contemporary music, which is well, a genre I'm, full of crap. <laughs> I'm certainly not going to be adding that to my recently added in Apple Music. I mean, I still need to work through dads. Uh, I'll be the tornado. Did you did you see? We had an email from somebody, or it might have been a Facebook message from somebody who was like, "Oh my god, I'm a massive dads fan, and I'm a I'm a oh, reader." Really? Of the yeah, genuinely. So yeah, I didn't think I saw that. A reader was like, I, 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 "Let me recommend you a bunch of stuff." So I think I might actually have to unironically start listening to dad rock. Just because, oh, yeah. I mean, if if we've got a recommendation from a reader, our readers are never wrong. So exactly, quite, quite. Um, so to, to to kind of pull myself out of this particular branch of the rabbit hole, um, mm. something that I touched on was that I, we both watched a bit of the stream, didn't we? Yes, yes, we did. I was watching. My, well, so you could actually be there live. I could be there live because I wasn't. I wasn't meant to be able to. I was meant to be in Cambridge, uh, seeing mm. Pixel Girl. But uh, the snow happened, and Bristol mm. on Friday, when I was meant to be travelling, there wasn't a single bus, and mm-hmm. there wasn't a single train that went through my town. Um, it sounds like exactly what Exeter was like. Yeah. Well, you guys got really hard hit. You were in the red yeah. zone, weren't you? Yeah, we had red, severe red weather warnings from the Met Office. First time that's um, ever happened, I believe. It was it was insane. It was the most snow that Exeter's had in I think about thirteen, twelve, thirteen years. More than that, I'd imagine. I mean, that it was it seemed like an exceptional amount. It was it was absolutely ridiculous. We had all the you know like everything just ground to a halt. The university, uh, Corm- uh, the Cornish campus cl- closed, um, and there in Penryn. And then we got a follow up email saying, actually, you know what, we're going to close close Stratham as well because nobody can get in. Um, it was just it was i mean it was absolute mayhem i mean it was, you, it was, it was fantastic fun though because we all got out we were, you know wrapped up like we were going out like doing an arctic expedition um we organized a ex university singers versus versus ex university chapel choir um snowball fight outside the cathedral yes um, i saw the pictures really fun um and then we were in the kind of the cloisters um just to the kind of the the right of the cathedral and we were playing like bulldog in the snow and <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, when I say bulldog in the snow, I mean we were playing the game bulldog in the snow, not playing a game called bulldog in the snow. <laughs> were, were you playing t- uh, touch bulldog or takedown bulldog? Oh no, full contact. Nice. Yeah, oh, I haven't awesome. played bulldog for ages. It was uh, it was intense, but yeah, we had. I think I would say maybe. Well, actually, there's a there's a photo um, that I took, and I'll post on the Wikicast Facebook page um, of so snow settling on you know the the the, the wooden table and chairs outside in the garden oh yeah 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 of the snow kind of settling on top of that after the first evening of of, of snowfall and it was well over a foot wow yeah it was amazing and then the problem was though we had fantastic snow then then we got up the following day and it had persisted but midway through the night we had we'd had some quite icy rain so to try and get anywhere the following day it was the, the snow was no longer snow it was kind of like snow underneath a layer of quite heavily compacted ice um, which was which made for ensued for more hilarity because the chapel choir then decided to have a photo shoot. Um, yeah, on that day, I, I do have a question about that because the, there's a, a wonderful photo of a chapel choir in cassocks. Everyone's throwing mm. snowballs at the camera. Yeah, uh, like I think it's a great picture. I think it's a fantastic idea that you did the photo shoot. How did the photographer fuck up so badly that there's a branch covering like about a third of the choir? I don't know. <laughs> 
literally. To be fair, he could, we we contacted him at about eleven p.m. the night before. Managed to find someone and said, "Hey, would you mind coming and and, and taking some photos with us for around kind of eleven thirty, twelve o'clock the following day?" And he was massively keen. I think he he quoted a price, and then Michael said, "Okay, well, this is what we're going to pay you." And he was like, "Yeah, okay." Um, <laughs> and he was he was a lot of fun. There's lo- there's loads more photos that were that were taken. Um, we haven't kind of formally publicized them yet but it was a really fun day i mean i don't question um, that like he did it at short notice or anything but come on <laughs> like i was like yeah. that would be the best picture of chapel choir that's ever been taken if you could see all of them you know yeah. <laughs> i was like I, I i you know if he's listening i think i really like the work i'm excited to see the other pictures but oh, come on man yeah <laughs> there was a branch he also just said like he was he was getting spontaneous ideas of how to kind of create cool shots throughout mm. throughout the kind of session and at one point we, we kind of turned around and he disappeared and then we heard like a shout and he just scaled a tree like a, a fully like snowy train he was just in kind of like trainers jeans um coat and he like he just spider monkeyed his way up and then was up in this tree and said all right i want you all to throw snowballs at me and we'll try and make something look cool and english <laughs> wasn't his first language so him for him to try and kind of explain what he wanted in a um, tree <laughs> it was it was yeah it was really funny I mean, it, I mean, you guys seem to have a lot of fun. Certainly, it was like mm. I know that it was a very big deal for certainly people in like rural areas of the UK. This was like a foot of snow. So probably we have some Scandinavian listeners who are like laughing at us for being pathetic. But certainly for the West Country, that is unbelievable. Like yeah. I, I've not been in Exeter whilst it snowed more than about a millimeter. Um, mm. You know, it, it, it certainly the the, where, the Met Office gives out like one red warning a year normally. And yeah. we had one in Scotland and then immediately one in the West Country. And that is the first red warning I think that's ever been given for the West Country. Yeah. So it was it was, it was a crazy. big deal. Well, the weather was so bad that um, the St. Matthew Passion, the Exeter University Singers and Exeter Bark Society have been working on for months, um, was cancelled. Yeah, I saw. Which the entire performance was, was cancelled. So we're thinking of, uh, I think Johnny was going to try and reschedule it for 2019. Um and get it get it kind of going again then but that's it was a you know a crying shame um because yeah. we put we put so much work into it i mean you've got enough on your plates at the moment musically as it is though you've got plenty to worry about this is true this is um, true but yeah so basically the conclusion to that that little segment was that uh, i was meant to be in cambridge but i couldn't go like I, I would have to have tr- walked myself so i had to wait uh, which meant that i was able to uh uh, get on a, a train the following day and when I was waiting at Temple Meads because that train also got cancelled because of the snow mm-hmm. uh, I literally I got on a bus the first time the buses have been running um, to go into Bristol from my home and the bus broke down and ah. the guy was like oh, okay so the brakes I've got an ABS light I'm like no alarm but I don't think the brakes are working and then he like got on the mm-hmm. phone to maintenance and he was like right okay just do this and then he just kind of set off again and everyone on the yeah. bus was like really unnerved like is this are we safe it's okay. like, yeah. but then so i was late to the station and i was like oh jesus like i've missed the train i'm gonna have to wait for like a couple of hours and then it turned out that the train was delayed because the driver couldn't get in because of the snow so i was ah. just sat there and i was like well i may as well watch the wiki cast um and see people go bananas at the new patreon section um so that was fun yes that was what i rewatched. i was i was in bed last night um and just was like oh actually i'll, I'll, I'll just just before i i on my snoozing cap I'll, uh, I'll have a watch and see and it was yeah it was it was really cool that was a bad time to take a drink of water yeah sorry <laughs> you in like a little sleep like we'll we'll have to one day we'll have to recreate um a christmas carol with you oh, i'm so up for that because <laughs> that's just how you dress normally <laughs> like, yeah 
with your nice do you have a dressing gown you do have a dressing gown of course you do i do i'm i'm wearing it right now <laughs> have you got slippers on no actually i don't i found my uggs um the other day oh so uh, you're we've had sorry, a, ooh, I... this is something this would be something that you'll be interested to know right we've um we've feng shuied the the living room downstairs everything's in a completely different orientation now right okay take me through it the table is where it was okay so when you said everything's the, different. the table the table that we ate one meal off on the first night that you came here. And then, never and then again. one other meal when Sally, when Sally LePage came and I did that salmon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then that's it. No, we, we never use it. It's just kind of like a, a place for accumulating things. Um, but the the sofa is now flush up against the window. What? Yeah, and so it's so the sofa is in that corner. The, uh, actually, hang on. The coffee table has now come out and it's... it's Kind of standing long ways perpendicular to the to the sofa. You're f***ing with me now. This is this no, cannot not. be real. It's real. It's true. I'm going to okay. In a in uh, when we finish recording, I'll um I'll take a photo and I'll send it to you. <laughs> okay. And, and you can you can understand the. Uh... Actually, so I think I've already got one. I'll send it to you now. So for readers at home, that you now have a basic picture of like our tiny little downstairs room, and it's all been mm. moved around, and you are sat in what a dressing gown. Uggs. Yes, I am. I well, no, my Uggs aren't on. I am fully clothed, but I I don't put the heating on because heating is expensive. So I just <laughs> you're so like my... Scrooge. <laughs> Do you want any coal for the fight? No, <laughs> screw it, <laughs> man. I sent Corin that. So <laughs> Sam, we've 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 alluded to before. Simon and I are massive fans of uh, the Game Grumps. Yeah, uh, Danny, Danny, and Aaron, and I found this um, this animated. Uh, segment of of them just messing around kind of um role playing as emperor palpatine but instead of going and, just like do it kill him anakin it's all the other yeah. ways it's like oh do you think when he walks up to a, a pretty girl and she's like no i don't want to sleep with you and he's like blew it <laughs> what are we going to do with all this leftover meat it's really tough <laughs> stew it <laughs> it's so dumb <laughs> it's also hilarious though <laughs> Um, Ed and I were a bit hysterical uh, yesterday evening. Um, we were having some people coming over to watch watch a film and stuff, but we'd, it'd been a bit of a kind of like a, a write-off afternoon. Um, it, hit, it hit about six o'clock in the evening. Ed, I think, was playing Fortnite, which he's absolutely obsessed with. And I was going through Reddit just looking at kind of like really rubbish anti-jokes. Um, oh, yeah. Because for some reason I was finding them absolutely hilarious. And there was a period of about half an hour where we were both just reading out dreadful, dreadful jokes and crying. <laughs> You know, like you know how you know how we'd get every now and then, where like we we might like crack open the whiskey and put something really awful on, and then one of us would say something, and just crying would ensue. It was yeah, like the flossing yeah. moment. Oh god, the flossing moment! Oh my god, yeah. yes, that was that was us. It was me, you, and Pixel Girl all yes. flossing our yeah. teeth as like a communal thing. And you thought and that he, I was going way too ham. Like, I was yeah. just like, going way too hard with a floss into my gums. If you imagine walking into a woodshed and you see a lumberjack attacking a piece of wood with a hacksaw, <laughs> that was that was a similar approach to Simon had to his gums. And I just turned around and I was like, what are you guys doing? And I just got, like, blood streaming from my mouth. <laughs> oh, was so I was funny. flossing like a normal person, I'll have you know. I was completely sure. normal. Um, sure. But no, I totally get what you mean about the anti-jokes. Like, it's... it's it, it's one of those things that it's like a resonant frequency like we talked about last time that just like it hits you and uh yeah. you can't not like that's why i love game grumps because they do that all the mm. time they'll find something like the whole uh crash man uh and uh smash man uh bit that they mm. did or the people with their names rhyming or like when they were doing the fishing in C- uh what's it called in um uh sonic heroes that's the one uh and oh like God, what a game and, and like you know it's like bah! 
that is like a slight guitar as he's trying to fish and they just can't concentrate because they're laughing too much. What did um what did Batman say to Robin before they get on the car? Get in the car? Yeah, get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, where you're just kind of like, oh, this doesn't make any... There was another really, what that was one that really tickled me that Ed said, um, which is less of an anti-joke and more just kind of, it's a, it's a little bit insensitive, but I kind of like it. Go on. Um, and it's, um, roses are red, violets are blue, I've got Alzheimer's, cheese on toast. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, the, it was this perfect time, like out of nowhere. And I was just like, and he kind of looked off into the distance in that, in a kind of Ed way and just went, cheese on toast. <laughs> and it was, oh man, I, I properly wept for quite a while. There was one I, uh, I heard the other day, which got me, which was, um, an Irishman walks out of a bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, they're so good. They're so good. Uh, well, I mean, you say they're good. They're definitely offensive to some people. Why can't Stephen Hawking dance? I don't know why. Because he's got motor neuron disease. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it's the build up, and then you know you're going to be let down, but you're let down in the most kind of like brutally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just fantastic. Do, do you know why uh, T Rexes can't drive? No. Because they're extinct. Ah, yeah. It's <laughs> like. Fantastic. It, um, chat, I do I do hope while this is going on. God, this is getting so meta. We're having conversations that's not going to occur for days in advance. Um, I'm expecting all of you while you're listening to to be looking up some of the worst anti-jokes or just jokes that make you like, make you properly laugh for no apparent reason um, and share them in the chat. Please, um, I love them. I, I, I will definitely yeah. check out the chat for this. Yeah, like for sure. I mean, my best anti-joke would be... Um, the one of mine who reads the Daily Mail and thinks it's good journalism. Uh, <laughs> I was watching the streams. Actually, speaking of watching the streams, so I was watching that and then I, I, I auto-played the next the stream on Dan's Foreheads channel. And uh, it was crocheting and I absolutely lost it. Oh, yeah, because your forehead likes to crochet, doesn't she? Yeah. And I used to, I mean, I've never crocheted, but I used to knit quite a bit. Is that a community that's quite like supportive, the knitting community? Yeah. Is it quite very. tight-knit? Yeah, it's really like, tight-knit. Um, <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've, you've, you've put me into H, you've put me into that mode of just like yeah. terrible humour. Um, but I immediately watched, I was watching I was watching her crochet and then immediately tweeted at her being like, oh my god, you crochet, can't handle this. Um, and then immediately jumped onto Amazon and ordered ordered a set of needles and wool because I want to start knitting again. I thought you were going to say just like, I immediately jumped onto her. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Like, no. I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> Log- logistically I- challenging. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, she, I've, I've, I've been inspired. Also, I'm looking at this picture you've sent me of the room. What the actual f*** have you done? This is, that armchair is... is I've used the word already, unironically, but that armchair in the middle of nowhere in the room is f***ing triggering me so badly. It does look weird because it's a panorama, so the scale is slightly warped. Oh, I, get, I get that, but to, to the listeners at home, imagine like a kind of, for sake of argument, say it's a square. In one corner of the square, you've got the door to the room. In the kind of next corner around, you've got the TV. Next corner around, you've got the sofa. And the next corner around, you've got the stairs going upstairs. And then in the middle of the room, there's like... It's basically empty in the middle of the room apart from the coffee table and this just armchair, which is just, it's its like, I'm expecting that to, to float around like Davros or something. Like It kind of does. So like if we're, if people come over and we watch films then the, the armchair swivels around to be next to the sofa and then we get the two other chairs out. And it, it, it is genuinely just a more, it's a much more space effective use. Also, you have the classic, uh, very Ed Dunn thing of having a hunting horn 
next to the TV, just just kind of hung up on a strap there. Yeah, isn't that lovely? Yeah. A bunch of daffodils. Isn't that nice? Where's our daffodil? Yeah, so we've got so they're standing in Peroni bottles and they're kind of smattered around the house. It's really it's quite nice. It was his idea actually. I came home from work and not only had he completely cleaned the house and done the what? washing up. I'm sorry, what? I know it was it was mad. He'd gone through the he he did the kitchen and the lounge, um, and then he put some daffodils in, in in bottles and i was like this is and he did my he, he he put a bottle on the windowsill in my room as well and i just came back and i didn't quite know how to react i was like <laughs> who was i immediately kind of like walked into the kitchen and grabbed a knife walked back into the room and shouted ed who and are you kind of like stab the imposter <laughs> what have you done with my friend yeah but it was no it was, it was really lovely i need to get some more actually they're looking rather sorry for themselves well if they're just are they did he empty the beer out of the peroni bottles or is it... No, they stayed in there, which is quite good because the daffodils just sway from side to side. <laughs> they, you enter the room and they kind of like swing their head out to look at you. It's like, what do you want? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's got a bit that they're drunk, but they've got Welsh accents. What, what do you want, boy? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. The Welsh. It's diff- Could you try, try and do a drunk Welsh accent? It's quite difficult. It's really hard. I genuinely heard you and I was about to make fun of you. Then I tried to do it in my own head and I don't think it would have been much better. Yeah, it's it's genuinely difficult. Like, I don't, maybe Welsh people no, just can't I, get drunk. I absolutely, yeah, I, I, I can't do it. Literally. I was saying off to, to Tallyclin over there <laughs> and I was like, Bryn, what, what, what are you doing, Bryn? That's I'm really hard. That scene out of Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> well, hang on, which one? With um, with uh, when Bryn and who's the what, Dave coaches? No, no, Bryn and like the the the, the cousin or the nephew. Oh and my god! The and they get drunk. Yes, and it's like we can't have a repeat of last time, you know. Mm. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> the family would no, be mortified isn't. if they found out what we did. <laughs> like, oh, that was fun being just being introduced to Gavin and Stacey at New Year's. The, uh, the, the, I'm glad I actually was able to send you the photo of the room that I took immediately after we'd functuated it. Cause if I was to take a photo now, after the uh, the aftermath of last night of, of watching several films and uh, copious copious bevs, I was actually very good. I only had um, I shared a bottle of wine with Alid, uh, and then had a glass of port and went to bed because I wanted to be up and good for recording today rather than being like. Yeah. Good yeah. morning and welcome to the Wikicast. Um, <laughs> my name is Laura. <laughs> um, welcome oh God, to my Game new Grumpy show. Game. All baguettes must die. <laughs> oh my God! As opposed to, if you were to have a sitcom made about your life, what would it be? It'd be like, it'd be like, I'm imagining like the soft focus, like you only you're in focus as you walk into like the Apple Store, and it's like, meet Daniel, the newest yeah. employee of the Apple Store in Exeter. He's got a dark secret. I'm actually just a bunch of mice in a human suit. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's true, it's true. And it zooms into your head, and it's just a bunch of mice. It's not yeah. even like they're organised. It's a thriving, it's a thriving mass of mice, like thousands of them, all pressed up against each other. It would all, it would all also be incredibly um, symmetric in, in in shot. Like I'm thinking Wes yeah. Anderson esque, because then it also means I can I can wear the clothes that all the all the people wear in Wes Anderson films, which is just the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, so we've got this ultra stylish thing, but then on yeah. the inside, it's just, I don't know why, you're just, you're a human suit full of mice. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's fairly accurate. Every time you walk past the cheese shop, the whole body just like shudders. <laughs> it's mm. like... It just shakes uncontrollably. It's like the effect that you get when um, characters in Harry Potter take Polyjuice Potion. 
Oh. <laughs> my skin just bubbles. <laughs> All these mice trying to get out. It also explains yeah, yeah. why you hate cats. True. True. You see, you see it's, it's all coming to light. <laughs> it's all coming I'm actually, I'm actually a mouse man. And your squeaky, high-pitched voice. The mouse prince, that's what they call me. The mouse prince. That's also, hang on, now that I believe I am unwittingly referencing a very Potter senior year with Gilderoy Lockhart's dream oh. to be shrunk down to the, to, to, and to become the, to become the mouse prince. And it, it's very, it's a very, very weird. They did it at LeakyCon oh, live. Yeah. And Ivana Lynch was in it, and um, it's great, fantastic, fantastic music. Like, though. Little does he know, he's the Mice Prince. Yeah, <laughs> like another person who's made of mice turns up, and they're like, they're like, we've got to send you off on this quest to become leader of all the mice, and you're like, but I'm not a mouse. And then they're like, I don't know, <laughs> they cut you for some reason. At this point in your life, you've gone your whole life without never being cut, and then like they cut you, and like a little mouse head pops out of your arm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, hello, governor. I'm You're Lydia Johnson. You're a mouse, Danny. I'm a what? what? <laughs> a mouse and a damn good night wager. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm Danny. Just Danny. Oh. Well, just Danny. You are a mouse. Not just a mouse. <laughs> Thousands. The mouse prince. Do you reckon you could have a superpower where, like, if 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 need be? Like almost like Mr. Potato in Toy Story Three, like all the mice just evacuate your body, and like yeah. you're just a skin suit that falls to the ground, and then they can like go between the bars of things like prisons, and they they track your skin. <laughs> like... Yeah, well, it would be just like the scene where um when um Peter Pettigrew uh ch- like morphs back into his mat, and he just kind of like he shrinks back into his clothes, and the clothes just fall. I always thought that effect was so cool. No, but well, I, yeah, like that. But the, instead of clothes, it's literally like a morph suit of skin. <laughs> like, oh, God, that's gross. It's the most disgusting thing. Dan is a morph skin, a morph suit of skin. If I'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, morph suits, for this episode. Oh, no one was sponsor this shit, Dan. Oh my God. Well, I'll tell you what. Who definitely won't be sponsoring us? Oh, who's that? co-op because they called me out on t- some i forget who it was but someone just tagged me in it and then wrote underneath dan dan thinks you're shit oh, did they respond no i don't think oh. so but they would have seen it and i'm like well there goes that that brand money deal. spinner oh my god I, whoever that was hero absolute hero co-op is definitely i don't know if we've had any emails about that yet i'll have to check but hmm. oh but that's that's an, another area in which we strongly disagree Right. Okay. Before before I start comparing you to other like gross body horror concepts, uh, should we go to critics' corner? Yes, I think that's probably wise. So obviously, the big news in critics' corner this week uh, from critics much better than us uh, is the Oscars. The, I mean, debatable, but go on. The, the Academy Awards uh, of of the United States of America, and I am definitely not the ninetieth s- Academy Awards. Not just a stalling for time whilst I try and fight Academy Award winners 2018. Uh, because I don't know, have you been? Have you followed like the winners? I'm a, I'm aware I'm a, I'm aware who kind of who who and what won what, which might be the best sentence I've ever said. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I didn't I didn't watch the I didn't watch the awards. Okay, because apparently oh god, the lady was it Frances McDormand? She had her Oscar stolen just after winning it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then obviously that was like she did the whole me um 
no, no, it wasn't Me Too. Sorry, it was the Times Up thing, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was getting sort of equality for women in in Hollywood by getting all the female nominees to stand up, which was like a really mm. like powerful visual. Um, it seemed like it was quite a good ceremony. I have to admit, I've never had any interest really in watching ceremonies of stuff that I'm not in. Again, again, it's like sex. It's it's like um, dreams. If there's no sex or I'm not involved, I don't really want to watch. Like, mm. um, so also, I don't know if you saw this um, in the in the awards best foreign film. Yes, I did. Well, should, to tell you what, should we go through very quickly, category by category, and just kind of give a very quick verdict? Because we'll get to okay. that in a second. So the best picture was won by The Shape of Water. Uh, yes, which, which neither of us have seen. No, I was going to go see it the other day when I was in Cambridge, but we didn't have time. So I will have to see that very soon. Although this week's bananas, it's absolutely mental for work. So yeah. I might not. But to be honest, like, I mean, I still don't understand why Darkest Hour wasn't even nominated for that, to be honest. Um, it's like you know how Hacksaw Ridge was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Mm. Like I don't know, that's this year's version of that. Um, but I also I still need to see so many of these films, so it's difficult to give a critique one way or the other. But I've heard it's good, you know. Yeah. Um, and the same then goes for um for for the three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I mm. I actually hadn't seen any of the films that were nominated, any of the performances, so I certainly can't comment on that one. Um, but Gary Oldman won for Darkest Hour, which wasn't exactly a surprise. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, I think that's his third Oscar for Best Director, isn't it? Mm. I think he won for uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Around there, isn't it? And ooh, I can't remember what his other one would have been. Um, I, I, I think it's his third. Um, Best Original Song. Does anyone actually care about this Oscar? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Uh, it was won by the, the song from Coco, which was nice. I know I know, Pixel Girl was really hoping that um, This Is Me from The Greatest Showman would win, mm. but I don't think that film deserves any Oscars. There we go. Um, your boy, Alexandra Desplat, won the sh- uh, won for best original score though. Mm-hmm. And my boy, Roger Deakins, he won his Oscar. He bloody well won his first Oscar, his fourteenth nomination for Blade Runner. Oh my god! Like you know that that Fantastic. is you know that's a big deal when the main news networks actually show coverage of the Cinematography Award. <laughs> like mm. I was in I was in the Holmerton College Cambridge buttery and they showed like on Sky News they had um like coverage of it and someone was like, "Oh, is that that really old guy that that won? He's like the oldest person to win." And I was so nearly turned around and like snapped at them. I was like, mm. "Don't you know who that is?" <laughs> that's living legend roger deakins because uh, he does look quite old but he's not he's just got white hair um but very happy with that of course jordan he looks a bit in his photo he looks a bit like dick van dyke he does doesn't he I- i'm glad you said that i i have mm. thought that for a while but yeah he- he's like a white-haired dick van dyke um which is kind of funny in itself because uh, he's british and he actually has a british accent unlike dick van dyke um oh did you see the trailer for the new mary poppins no do you want to watch it? It's like a minute. Do you want to watch it now? Yeah, okay. Hang on, I'll send you it. Talk to yourself, readers. Obviously, I'll tell you what. While Stan's um, watching it... I'll, I, I can, I'll just find it. All right, I'm you find it. it. I will go through the rest of these um, Oscars very quickly. For those of you maybe who didn't know who won or don't care, in which case... So sorry. this is the... Are you talking about the Disney movies trailer? 4.5 million views? If it was released like two days ago, then yeah. Okay, so I'll go for the rest of these. Um, so Jordan Peele won for best original screenplay for Get Out, which is amazing because like he started as a YouTuber. Like, how amazing is that? Uh, you know, there's hope for me yet. Uh, and, and I think he's the first black person to win for that Oscar, which is cool. Mm. Adapted screenplay, Call Me By Your Name. Dunno. 
I, I don't know. I haven't seen any of those films. Uh, the Silent Child won for best action live action short film, which is actually interesting because it's about a profoundly deaf girl who lives in Swindon. So she's very local to me, um, and like it's all over the local news. And uh, mm. in the acceptance speech, they signed it so she could understand it which was really really cool i thought um heaven is a traffic jam on the 405 one for documentary short i should probably watch these so i can actually learn a few things and then the editing dunkirk cleaned up because dunkirk won for film editing um sound mixing and sound editing which is kind of completely justified i think um visual effects went to blade runner again i think that's a deserved win animated went to coco could have been loving vincent but you know whatever like i haven't seen coco yet but i I definitely want to animated short was won by kobe bryant uh so he now has a an academy award as well as being a basketball star supporting actress uh uh, tanny for itonia foreign language film was a fantastic woman which is what dan alluded to um is from chile but uh the director did his phd at exeter so there's hope for me Mm. again basically i'm guaranteed to win an academy award next year because i make videos and i did a phd at exeter um and i'm from the west country literally it's 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 written in the stars um production design went to shape of water i know we thought that maybe that would go to blade runner i'm quite surprised it didn't go to blade runner actually um Mm. documentary feature was for icarus again i should probably watch all the documentary mm. features because I don't remember yeah. the last time I watched one. Costume design was for Phantom Thread rather than um, Darkest Hour, which is a, kind of a surprise. But makeup and hairstyling went to Darkest Hour, and then support. Wow, this is a random order of them. Uh, supporting actor went to Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards, and I think that's his first win for such a veteran actor. Actor, actor, actor. Uh, did you just watch the trailer? I did. What did you think? Interesting. Oh, okay. Give me a, lay your thoughts on me. I mean, there's so there's 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 so little there. I think they're being very very sensitive with that trailer because a lot of it's like establishing shots, right? Really. Yeah. Um. So they they obviously they're not trying to give too much away, but I just I don't know. I'm the first one is so good and so iconic. I'm really scared that they're gonna like, you know. I I do, what what does excite me massively is the score. Who did the score this time? I don't know, but like it just sounds really good. I mean, I'll be honest. I I was very um, not reluctant. I I, I didn't think that they were going to pull it off. Basically, I didn't think it was going to work at all before I saw that. Oh, trailer. it's Mark Mark Shyman. Oh, I don't know that name at all. Um, he did Hairspray, The Adams Family, Sister Act. So okay, if he's in the musical background. Uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Ah, oh, great film. Um, wow. So yeah, like I, I was very unsure about about this. I didn't, I, I didn't think it could work. But that trailer has actually made me confident that it will. Um, mm. I think they've got the tone exactly right. Yeah. Um, and also, Lin Manuel Miranda's in it, which is just like, come on. I mean, every time he's on screen, I will now go, oh look, it's Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, mm. But I don't know if you haven't seen the trailer, guys. I would be curious. We had we set your homework for this for this past week, which was um, the war game, which we'll get to in correspondence corner. Um, oh, but Ben Whishaw's in it. Yes, he's he. Well, did you did you not recognise him? No. Yeah, he was like the new Mister Banks, or you know, the new main male. Oh, I love Ben Whishaw. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, he, you are like him and Richard Ayoade combined, aren't you? No, oh, I mean, you have no idea how much of a compliment that is. <laughs> I genuinely adore both of them. I think they're fantastic um yeah i i think it's i think it's gonna work i'd like it's it just seems like oh, and dick van dyke's in it yeah i imagine he, he'll be, have a cameo um as i imagine Who most of the main the, the car surviving cast members will have a cameo of some form or another he's playing mr dawes jr that'd be a bank oh do you reckon it'll be a banker 
So he he was in makeup for the banker in the original film, like to appear mm. old. Now he's actually old and looks like Roger Deakins. So yeah. so they'll get him to play the banker. Oh, that'd be so fun if he's still like the, the bank manager. It's Colin Firth, Meryl Streep, Emily Blunt, Angela Lansbury. Oh, really? Yeah, she's playing Balloon Lady. Balloon Lady. Oh, so she's... Julie Walters. Hey. Yay. Jeremy Swift. Fucking hell. What a cast, eh? That's really strong. Yeah, I think I wow. think it's going to work. Okay, yeah, I am quite excited about this. After, like, the Beauty and the Beast didn't really do very much, like, for me. Mm. I, th- I mean, obviously, like, it did very well at the box office, but, like, I didn't think it was a terribly good film. I think it was a kind of a wasted adaptation. Um, mm. This, I actually think, is going to work. So, yeah. be interested to see your thoughts, guys. If you if th- that's your homework for this week, go and watch. It's like a minute and a half. Watch the Mary Poppins mm. trailer, and then maybe email in with your thoughts, not just about that, but also about this kind of spate of redoing these classic films. Um, because mm. the th- like, I don't know how much of a sequel this is going to be. The thing with Beauty and the Beast was it was just a remake. It was like a HD re- remastering of a PS One game. You know, yeah. like it's exactly what you remember, but shiny. Um, yeah. In, whereas this, I I think is going to be more of a sequel. Um, as far as I can tell. It looks like that. Uh, so, yeah, I'd be interested to hear our readers' thoughts because we do have very educated, intelligent readers. Uh, we do, and we I, do indeed. And I do look forward to hearing from them. Um, so Briefly he... touching on sound soundtracks. Yeah. John Williams. Yeah, he's not going to do any more Star Wars after episode nine, mm. which is quite right, I think. He's Absolutely g- fair enough. I mean, he's getting he's getting on a bit. Yeah. He's what, how old is he now? 145, I think? Uh, let me just have a quick check, because I actually don't know. I'd be interested to know. Uh, what's your what's your closest guess? Uh, 85? 86. Oh. Very good. Uh, he was born... Yeah. Oh, my God, he was born in 1932. He was born before Hitler became Chancellor of Germany. Jesus. I know, right? Bloody hell. Because um, I think He's one of his first man. musical roles was in the United States military i think he was a military band um mm. like, yeah because he did it he did it he did a special score for now it wasn't an arrangement of the star spangled banner but it was something else that he's played i've, I've heard him play before uh hang on um, i just oh okay no in 52 he was drafted into the air force where he played the piano brass and conducted and arranged music for the u.s air force band so there you go mm. it was it was after the war but kind of obviously given how old he would have been um but actually, I suppose not that obviously. He would have been when was it? Fifty two, something like that. So hang on, nineteen fifty two, and he was born in thirty two. So okay, yeah, no, that is fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like Michael Giacchino did a good job with Rogue One. I think that sideways mm. video did a very good job of explaining it. Um, but I, yeah. I, I think it is time for him to, especially given the kind of symmetry of he did the original trilogy, the prequels, the sequels, then that's it. You know, leave it. Mm. Um, let somebody else t- take on the mantle. Uh, obviously you'll miss him, but you know, like he's got to he's got to retire from it at some point. I mean, the the guys yeah. earned some retirement, you know. <laughs> so am I right in saying that you you saw something this week, Dan? I did. I did see something this week. Uh, I watched. Um... Ooh, what's it called again? The Death of Stalin. The, now this is the Armando Iannucci film about. It's yes. like a satire in. Yes old soviet mother russia yes so briefly what's your review very good very good it's like it's tonally it's it's complicated because you get moments of quite kind of explicit satirical comedy laugh out loud moments um and then other moments of just kind of like people being dragged from their homes and massacred because 
you know, Stalin. Um, <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was, I was really impressed. Also, it was also, it was going to be brilliant because the cast is fantastic. Um, but Jason Isaacs. Jason uh, Isaacs, I was waiting for that. <laughs> our, ma- our main man. He was, he was really good. <laughs> I mean, he's good in everything. But yeah, I, I can highly recommend it. Okay, I, I, I've been meaning to watch it. I'll be honest, like, normally I have a go at you for not watching anything, but I have been... I mean, I was away for half of the time since we've been recording, um, you know, since yeah. recordings. Um, but I have been... This month is so busy. I was saying to you before, didn't I, like how mm. this month I've got four sponsored video slots, um, which is, makes me feel a, a wee bit uncomfortable, possibly, because I don't want to saturate my channel and be like... Not not sell out, because I know that people understand it. Like, this is how YouTubers make their money. But I also mm. want to punctuate the stuff that is appropriate for sponsors with stuff that, like, vlogs that I just want to make because I think it has artistic merit. Um, yeah. And, like, it's just, a, like, eight videos this month. It's, it's mm. I've put two out already, which have done very well, um, including the Robot Wars vlog, where, yes, uh, Wikicast reader and top lad, uh, Dan Hanvey, and I are going to be making a robot. Woo! Uh, which I'm very excited about. But like, you know, I've got six more videos to do this month and they are quite complicated ideas that I've gone for. So mm. I am not going to have very much time to watch stuff, but I will make an effort to try and um, watch at least some of the Best Picture nominees. Cause there's, and there's also the Wes Anderson um, festival happening. So I will try and catch up on all the Wes Anderson films I haven't seen yet. Uh, like, Cause you, am I right in saying that you haven't seen Royal Tenenbaums? I haven't, no. Uh, Rushmore? I haven't, no. Oh, Rushmore's fab. And um, Life Aquatic? Nope. I think I've seen all yeah. of his others. Oh, no, I haven't No, I haven't seen... What's the one with Jason Schwartz? Darjeeling Limited? Yeah, Darjeeling Limited. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. I've seen the others. So I do need to catch up on those. Uh, the only one that I haven't seen is was his first, uh, Pocket Rocket. That's the one that I haven't... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't caught, but I've seen everything else. I've seen it all. I'm the all. I've seen everything. I've seen it all. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe actually i was i was at a thing yesterday i was at lse um when uh sort of talking about being an academic youtuber which was fun met some very yeah. interesting people and um one of the people who was there was an academic at cambridge who uh, had made a short film which, which won an award um called pain in the machine and talking about the development of robotics and whether we should give robots both physical pain and emotional pain and like kind of the philosophy of that um and it was really really interesting as a film and they could they used that scene from blade runner they were they were comparing you know the replicants in blade runner to to humans and at what point does the machine you know the, the uh, you know when does it gain sentience is giving it yeah. emotional pain sentience um yeah which was really really interesting but they, they included clips from all these films i i personally thought it was possibly a little bit too scattergun in how many clips it included because it was like terminator i robot um Oh gosh, uh, The Simpsons, which obviously I was a massive fan mm. of. Um, oh, speaking of The Simpsons, did you enjoy what I sent you? Oh my god, yeah. Um, feel good. That will have to go in the show notes. Feel good, fantastic. But it's steamed hams. But but yeah. steamed clams. <laughs> it's, oh, it's it's oh, it's really well mixed too. That's, that's the, the thing. thing. Simpsons sh- posted. We just did a hive mind thing. Then we just said that's the thing at exactly the same time. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Like the Simpsons. Sh- posting is always so well done like the quality mm. is exceptional i'm actually in the group at the moment and oh my god these memes are amazing i have to send you some of these memes right now um <laughs> uh oh my oh hang on can you see that is there a privacy thing this is riveting listening i'll cut this out um <laughs> let me copy the image no let me copy the image do it do it 
No. 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 You. <laughs> Amazing. So I think possibly we should move on to the much anticipated return of. Mm. Pa- well, I was going to say Patreon Corner. We need a we need a name for it, really, don't we? Mm. If you could suggest a name uh, for, uh, I don't know, it, ideally it alliterates. So it would something beginning with C, uh, and no, not that word, uh, for, for our Patreon uh, little roleplay corner. <laughs> Top lad! And thank you so much for joining us here on ITV for the first annual Wikicast Academy Awards, sponsored by Wikicast Baguettes. It's a fantastic night here. Great, great turnout. Lovely the dresses. Just going Absolutely. Just, I mean, beautiful dresses. Stunning, stunning. I mean, what? Who could think of a better venue than here in Radio City Music Hall? Um, it's gonna. It's about Simon. I don't know about you. It's going to be. We're in for a fantastic night. I think we're in for a, a real treat tonight, and hopefully, we see more ostentatious displays of social justice warriors on stage tonight. Mm. Mm, totally. And we come to our first award of the night. Uh, it's a it's a muchly anticipated award, this one. Muchly. Uh, it's, muchly. It's going toward uh, best... Yes, if I can read that right. It's best name for this year. It's going and towards them. It's, it's arriving. It's And it's impacted on them. And the nominees are... Emma Kavanagh. Sorry, sorry, I think I misread that. Emma Kavanagh. Quite right. As Hagu Nagapan Nagasaravanana. He's getting better. Simon Torseth. And wonderful Stephen. Controversial exclusion of uh, Davy Shram Vontabel this year. Yeah, this hasn't been a great year for him. It just hasn't been a great year. And uh, yeah, and the, the the envelope is being opened now as we speak. And it's moonlight. It's 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 Azhagu. She's 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 won it for this year. We, we think it's okay. we think you're a she, Azhagu. It's 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 it's, it's, it's much deserved. It's, it's won it for this year. <laughs> They've won it for this year. I mean, she they they it. Person looks <laughs> so stop thrilled. Dick, stop dicking. <laughs> it looks lovely. <laughs> and now we have the next category: best original song. <laughs> Why do we even bother giving this one out? Nobody cares. Uh, and uh, we have Emma Stone coming up onto the stage on a Louis Couture gown, looking very lovely. And uh, the nominees for this category are Geordie Eschendahl, Miles Cornfeld, Tapio Kirk. And Angela. Angela's much like one of those Brazilian football stars with just one name. No surname mm. required. You know who she is. Mm. L- looking lovely, looking lovely this evening though. No- nothing nothing on Tapia, of course. He's wearing a really quite a labia, elaborate headdress. He's wearing a labia. Mm. Wow. He's, and, he's, <laughs> he's literally knee deep in clunge. Oh no. <laughs> And the winner is oh, it's Tapio. Tapio has won it for his and work. It's so well deserved. Pro- he's 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 put so much work in. His work for providing jingles for the Wikicast. It's an outstanding win. Very well deserved. Congratulations. <laughs> he's wearing a labia. <laughs> and we come to our next next award of the night. It's top meme this time. Our our nominations are, are coming through now. It's Simon Vase, Kieran Kelly, Matt McGuire, and Jay Wright. It's a very, very strong field this year. I don't know about you, Simon, but I just, I just I can't possibly predict who's going to be taking this one There's home. There's so little between these nominations. I mean, it's a really rich field. The memory has been outstanding. Outstanding Dense. Dense and spicy. Wholesome and adequate. And and the results are in... Yes, and I believe that is that is Jay Wright. Jay Wright's first win. Congratulations to him. How, I mean, look at it. Absolutely beaming. This is Jay Wright's first win from 14 nominations. 
Oh, fantastic. Just fantastic work. It's so good to see to see kind of the recognition finally come. Finally come to Jay. Not well just done. the recognition. Well oh, God. And next we have the penultimate award of the night, the GBS Taste in Podcast Award. This is a very dense field. There are literally thousands of entries for this, but we've whittled it mm. down to four nominations. Alex Greer, Luke Thatcher, mm. Nicholas, mm. and John Mannion. Again, it's a, it's, it's a tough category to, 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 to think about there. I mean, we've got two such incredibly strong players. Alex, Alex of course, uh, no stranger this category and, and and john too i mean they really do have terrible taste in podcasts they support yeah, yeah, the out, wikicast standingly on patreon by five dollars a month at patreon.com forward slash the wikicast it's and am i right in saying simon that the the uh the, the the available spaces for this category has actually increased yes in a controversial move by the academy uh, by which i mean simon and dan they have uh, increased the number of top lad spots from 20 to 30 so more people can enter into this category it's it's quite exciting for next year yeah and the Golden envelope is being opened by Guillermo del Toro. Oh, he's, he's struggling not to eat it. Guillermo, don't eat mm. that. You you don't need it. You really, really don't, man. And and it's gone to Alex Greer. Oh, it's it, well, I mean it's, I it's mean, richly deserved. Richly deserved. Fantastic, fantastic work there. And our final category of tonight. Uh, I mean, you know, well done for everyone here for kind of just sitting through that incredibly long. Uh, arduous, arduous ceremony. That twenty-minute documentary about pencils and their plight yeah, in just, children in Guatemala and just, removing them from their anuses was really—it was, it was out of key for the night, and it, it just it really made was. the whole ceremony drag. Much like the pencils, it just stuck out. They were trying to work out their constipation with a pencil. Yeah, yeah. We have the final category in, and it's top lad in a leading role. Oh, the incredibly, incredibly high, high standard across across this category. Most prestigious. And our nominations are Connor Levers, Lachlan Woods, and Dan Hanvey. Oh, we see on the TV screens there a little close-up on each of their faces. Dan Hanvey's giving us finger guns. He's, he's that, yeah. just that kind of guy. I hope he asks permission first. Yeah, make sure you ask permission before you finger those guns. They're all, they're all looking. God, it's, it's tense. You could literally hear a pin drop. As opposed to a cough drop, which kind of sounds like this. Thank you so much, Simon. And here we go. The envelope's being opened. And it's got... Yes, it's gone to Dan It's Hanvey. Dan Hanvey. It's Dan H- Fantastic work. Oh, God. I mean, I for one didn't see that coming at all. I am, it's I am, just oh, unbelievable. I think I'm crying. That's, oh, it just means so much. It's all right. It's, he deserves it. It's a Dan he representation it. on screen. It's, okay, it's, it's just so important. It's all right. <sighs> Well, thank you so much for joining us here at the uh, the uh, the first annual Wikicast Academy Awards. It's been a fantastic night. I've certainly I uh, I don't know about you, Simon, but I've had a fantastic night. I have had a fantastic time, and I'll just need to get some tissue to clean up the mess. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Spot there, mate. Oh. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sake! Well, there we go. What has this segment oh. become? Oh. Elaborate. I mean, that was good. That was, that... That's good. Well done. Well done, everybody. Uh, Thanks for that's that's the second installation uh, of, of of that that Patreon skit. A massive um, thanks to Eleanor Taylor for suggesting that one. Uh, you can suggest mm. uh, ideas for this uh, Patreon corner at uh, gmail.com or at the Patreon patreon.com forward slash the Wikicast. Where, as the commentator said, there are now more spots for top lads. With this format, we think yeah, we can get away with incredibly more names. astute of those commentators. I think they, it's, it's fantastic that they actually knew. 
they knew so so much detail I think they, about the management of that. They did kind of sound like they were commentating over a snooker match. I thought. Yeah, they did. They did. They were they were really really you know getting into it. But uh, in all yeah. seriousness, of course, thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Um, mm. Just let me get me really close to the microphone to just show how how much how genuine we are in showing our appreciation. Hang on. Nice. And just a brief update on the Team Dog and Team Cat situation. Team Cat are are striding ahead on twenty six to twenty four. Team Dog, it's 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 not the end of the world. We're 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 kind of we're a, we're a slow, quite lethargic uh, move there. Now um, I have to admit, I checked earlier this week. I think it was uh, during the live stream, and Team Dog were ahead. Oh, I think they were twenty four well, to twenty three or something like that. Fantastic, fantastic work. So they were. I mean, genuinely, this is getting pretty tight now. Uh, so if you Team Dog, I'm very proud, very proud of you. If you have a particular preference of Team Dog, if you side with Dan, Mormonism, then you know you know you need to put your dollar of support per month into Team Dog. Whereas, of course, if you side with Clark Catholicism and me, then you should be putting it into Team Cat and extending mm. the lead in the superiority mm. of cats as the best pet. <laughs> And we've got an email here from Anonymous. This is our, our, our crisis caller. Very prolific email, uh, Anonymous, aren't they? Yeah. Every I mean, week. if anything, just a little bit too keen, I feel. <laughs> this person seems to be writing in every week. It's, it's bizarre. Uh, they go on to say, Dear Dan and Simon, I'm in my third year of university, although technically I'm still a second year as I'm repeating. I'm a vet student, so my course is five, well, now six years long. And to be quite honest, I'm sick of it. I feel like I hate being in academia and I would just like to leave uni and get a normal job and pretend this degree never happened. This year hasn't been great. Some of my friends at college are struggling with mental health and other things and I occasionally have panic attacks because the idea of being kicked out of uni genuinely terrifies me. I honestly don't know what I'd to do with my life and I got kicked out if I got kicked out of vet school, but at the same time I feel like getting I'm getting precious little out of my degree. I realise there's a lot to digest in that, but I guess my question is more directed towards Simon as he spent longer at university. But Dan, if you have any thoughts on this, I'd love to hear them. Did this ever happen to you, that feeling of hating or not feeling like you're engaging with your degree to the point where you nearly wished you'd never never bothered in the first place? It's from Anonymous there. God, there is a lot to unpack there, isn't there? Mm. Um, I mean, I actually... So I've been... When I was in Cambridge this past weekend, um, I actually ended up having lunch with Pixel Girl and uh, her course mates on the PGCE. And every single one of them was really fed up. Like mm. every single person I think I talked to was really just like struggling with how much they were being asked to do. Kind of just wish they weren't going to be a teacher and were just really struggling. And I think that's a, th- a point that probably everybody reaches on particularly in graduate study i mean this was veterinary science did you say Mm. so you know that's a long course it's a long long course to stay i think everybody gets to that point um i certainly did i was just you know the number of times of the phd where i was like do i really want to do this like this this is really really hard um and of course i am very 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 glad that i did stick it out um Mm. I mean, has this happened to you, Dan? Before I sort of launch into like a twenty-minute spiel, like, have you reached a point? Well, I've—I mean, I'm much, much like with Anonymous. I am also in my third year of university, although technically still a second year, as I did change my course. I, I changed from English and classics to English and classical studies, um, and, and and dropped Latin and Greek uh, because I was sick to death of of that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a tough one. I've definitely I've definitely gone through moments where, depending whether it's down to kind of module choice or just a particular 
time of the year and there's lots of things to do and I'm stressing out like in first term this year when I was trying to do way too many things and it just wasn't wasn't doable where I do just genuinely go oh, I'll tell you what would be nice if I just didn't do university I got to I got to sing my choral stuff and I kept my job at Apple and I was doing that full time and then I went on from wherever that goes um, I think the important thing to remember is that things often feel worse when you're in that kind of headspace mm. um, it's, it's very easy to let things spiral um, maybe try and think about the idea of being in academia when you say in academia what do you mean do you mean the purely kind of academic side or the things that come along as being a part of academia because those are two very different things certainly for me there are elements of my course that I find <laughs> profoundly dull <laughs> going to sugarcoat it um, but then there's equally there's moments that I find uh, genuinely absolutely fascinating like the, the romanticism module I'm doing um, for English or the Roman laughter module I'm doing for for classics um, both so, led by absolutely fantastic lecturers really really interesting you're doing a module on all the Roman things. laughter did I get that right yeah so yeah, so it's like it's um it's it, it's kind of a, a, a comedy and um, specifically um, vective, um, uh, invective in the uh, in the ancient world. Um, so invective uh, was a was a Greek um, technique in debate, basically, where it would be highly kind of insulting, um, cruel language, basically to your opponent, often focusing around um, their physical attributes. So there's there's lots of kind of there's lots of recorded speeches where it's just quite funny. Um, but what what did the idea of comedy and how how kind of prolific was 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 comedy or kind of rudeness in the ancient world? It's really good. It's it's basically um, it's it's basically Roman Greek and Greek and Roman comedy in terms of looking at plays, but with a slightly more anthropological focus rather than just focusing on the on the on the literature oh i see so to, I, be, to make it a, that was that was completely irrelevant to to this corner i was just curious um so you were, you yeah, were saying how those are very interesting modules led by passionate people yeah and, and so, so there, there are elements where i absolutely i love that and then all the other things that go with it you know be, being able to be involved you know co-mding uh, the gilbert and sullivan society or conducting singers or being a choral scholar in the chapel choir or you know the, the, the multitude of things uh, that, that you get to do that, that are facilitated by university hmm. um it's it, it, yeah you don't want to kind of it can be dangerous both uh, as a statement but then also to be associated with you in your own head as kind of a blanketing all of those th- those separate things into one term because it'll make it make it it'll make it feel like everything is worse yeah I mean, there's there's a few things to say. I think there. I definitely agree that university is more than your course. You know, mm. the it, it's it's all the extracurriculars you do. It's the opportunities that you get. Um, you know, the the network that you build of people that you meet. Um, mm. you know, it's a fant- going to university is a fantastic way to develop you, not just academically. Obviously, it will develop you academically, but in so many different ways. Um, and I think that's only so much use to be told that to be told when you're having a really tough time to think yeah just think how much how much good this is going to do you you know like you're making all these contacts you're you're going to be so employable at the time i know for a fact that you don't care when somebody tells you that because you're just like Mm. i'm miserable i don't want to get up tomorrow morning and i don't want to work um i want to go and sit on a beach and eat curry off a plastic plate with a wooden fork for the next two years like i just i want to get away you know um and i could completely understand that i think 
I'm trying to think back to what actually got me through it. I think what got me through those times was when I took a, I would take a bit of a break. Sometimes I would just take like an afternoon off or what have you. I would take some time away from, mm. from working, whether that meant physically getting out of Exeter and going to someone like Exmouth or if it was staying at home and I'm, I'm just going to take a day for my mental health. You know, um, I was in a very privileged position where I could do that with a PhD. You're a so in charge of your own time. Undergraduate it's very different. Um, but I also think the other thing I did was basically just to not think about it. Like, I was just like, it's a thing that has to be done. Therefore, I'm going to do it. Mm. Like, there was no question of whether or not I was actually going to um, complete it. I was like, well, it's a thing I have to do. So I'm going to do it. Like, it wasn't something that I um, consciously thought about. Like, I didn't question. I didn't entertain the possibility that I could not do it because i knew deep down that there were all these positive things associated with it that it made you more employable that it made you uh you know it gave you a better network and it gave you all these opportunities whatever um it was just something i think that i never entertained the possibility that i couldn't so possibly that is a very blinkered view i think if you are doing something that makes you deeply deeply unhappy then you shouldn't have to go through with it because you know that's just you only live what life wants you should only be doing the things you're passionate about but that said, even when you're doing something that you're very passionate about, you will have times that you hate it because, you know, it's just too much. It's too much work. It's too much stress. I'm sure that mm. every single person that won an Oscar this week went through at least one period in their life where they were like, I don't want to do this anymore. I really, really don't want to have to to, to work in this department, like this field anymore. Um, and, you know, they kind of just look past that they saw the bigger picture of like there's a reason i started doing this it's because i'm passionate about it because i love doing it yes things mm. suck at the moment but you know th- it, it, this is something that is important to me and if i walked away i would hate it and i think that's what mm. what um i try and tell pixel girl and the pgc people is that like you know you say that you hate teaching you don't want to do it now because it's so difficult but remember why you started doing it remember that you went into this because of all the things you could have chosen to do in the world you have lots of different options you chose this thing and maybe you've just forgotten why you love it uh you know you're so deep deep under you know that you feel like you're drowning and you've lost sight of why you chose to do it and i think either reconnect with why you did it or just try and plow through that's certainly what i did with my phd i was like i'm just going to keep going i know that there's a reason i chose to do science but right now i can't see it but i'm going to mm. keep doing it until i get to a point where i can see it again um yeah that's that's probably the best i know that's kind of harsh advice i mean what, what do you think i think it's no uh, there's definitely an element of like you know delayed gratification yeah right you've got to you've got to go you've got to go through this um <clears throat> equally the thing i would say is that I don't know what it's like at the university that you're that you're going to, but Exeter's got a really cracking, like, well-being department. It does, yeah. Which works closely with 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 the academic colleges. And if you know, if you just just make it known that this is this is where you're at and this is how you're feeling and you're you're finding it really hard, and it might be really helpful to meet once a week with someone from well-being and then touch base with someone on your department and they say, okay, so what are the things that you've done this week? And then you can recap those and you can just talk to about talk to it about somebody. And then at least it's not you can like share the share the load. You can share the you can share the burden of 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 the of, of, of the kind of areas in, in which you, you're you struggling with and you're feeling you're feeling kind of disengaged. A problem shared um, is a problem halved. Remember that. But yeah, I, I mean, there's certainly, you know, one of, if I there were times where when I was finding something 
particularly just hard to 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 get with or understand or show or, or not even necessarily to understand understand a concept but if you don't engage with it and you're not passionate about it and you're just kind of like what's the point then obviously it's going to be harder for that to stick in your mind or for you to take time out to look into that particular field of study even more mm. because you don't there's no there's no desire to do so that's when i found it really useful to say yeah go into office hours and just be be really honest with your with your professor and be like hey so you get you gave a lecture on this thing and i just don't get it and and uh, you can say like i can't i kind of understand or i think i understand um but this is what i'm feeling about it and this is this, this is this whole area i keep getting the same thing can you shed some light or can they offer you a <coughs> excuse me a different perspective um i think it's important to talk about it though don't let these things just yeah you know it's, that's why it's really great that you've you, the anonymous has, has, has emailed us um but it's much better when you talk about these issues because it, it, it you, you can suddenly kind of put things into perspective and it's not you're not building something up in your head to this to be this suddenly kind of like this insurmountable problem that's just going to gradually get worse and worse and worse, and it'll it'll stress you out more than that it's actually worth stressing out about. Speaking as um, somebody who does bottle everything up and doesn't talk about emotions, it is much much better if you do talk about your emotions. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's a mother's saying. It's like an old wife saying that like a problem shared is a problem half. But it's true, you know. Um, mm. Just the action of talking about something, even if your circumstances haven't changed by the end of the conversation, you will feel so much better for doing it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Especially if you do have office hours or something, you could go and talk to them, your, your, you know, your professors, about it. Um, also remember that it's quite likely that, like all the PGCE students I was talking to, so many people are feeling the same way as you right now. And I mean, you said mm. like a lot of friends are struggling at the moment. It's just like an atmosphere, I guess, of negativity. <clears throat> And, you know, people struggling with the course, um, you are not alone. And I think there's a great comfort to be found in just being in the same position as other people. Um, you know, it, it it's, doesn't necessarily make it easier, but I don't know, psychologically, it helps me to know that I am not suffering alone, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you, and the only way that you know that you're not suffering alone is by talking about it. Yeah. Is by having those conversations with people and build up to maybe if you don't want to talk to fellow course mates yet, because that can be incredibly intimidating because if they suddenly turn around and go, I don't know what you mean. I love it. I'm doing fine. Yeah. Then that that may be worse. But, but you know, there, there, there are there should be services and facilities available to you as a student of a, of a university where your, your kind of mental health and well-being are considered and taken very, very seriously. When at the end of the day, you're paying a, you're paying a lot of money to be at that university. Um uh, they they want to keep you there and they want you to do the best you can mm. so they are genuinely there just to help they're not you know otherwise they wouldn't have jobs especially in the, <laughs> in, the in, in light of the current in the in light of the current strikes that are going on in across the uk um there's going to be no harm caused by you approaching and, and starting those conversations and seeing seeing where that leads they they may continue uh, with 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 the university or they may say actually you know what um it might be better if you go and see um this organization or we give you a number to give you a ring and you can have a chat with people or you know i think it's yeah it's really important though to 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 talk about it and and make sure make sure that you know that it's not you're not alone yeah you're not suffering on your own there's people in the same position and there's people there to help you um you know imagine how many students graduate universities each year and how many of those students are sharing those similar thoughts and I think you did exactly so, yeah. the right thing by, by emailing in, just so we can have this yeah. conversation. You know, um, totally. I hope that we have been able to help just by talking about it. And I'd encourage mm. you to continue that conversation 
as Dan's said. Um, and also, just to you know, to touch back on something that I said, you know, just keep uh, keep strong up until a point. You shouldn't have mm. to feel this way for a whole year. You know, like if you hate it, mm. hate it, hate it every day for a year, then perhaps maybe you know this isn't right for you. Mm. I think if if it's something that's less than a couple of months, see, just stick it out, just trust in yourself, have faith in your in your own abilities for for this to work out. Um, and I think it normally does. So we now find ourselves in Correspondence Corner. So if you'd like to email us, you can do so at spongyelectric at gmail.com. And if you want to be included in the previous corner, which is like, I guess, an extension of Correspondence Corner, really, um, put Crisis Corner in your uh, uh, subject header and we will anonymize your email. So, you know, you can use the throwaway account if you want, but we will anonymize everything that's sent to us that way. So now moving on to Dan, have you got an email uh, from our lovely readers? I do, I do. I actually have a very exciting email because there is a name that I recognise and have spotted uh, amongst amongst the, the, the multitude of, of, of correspondence we've received this week. Uh, it's from Ben McMurty. Um, it says, Correspondence Corner with a choral question. Um, he goes on to say, Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore, thought I would finally email in to say I love the show. Dan will remember me from singers. I certainly do. I miss you dearly. Um, but I never had the pleasure of meeting Simon, partly as I chickened out of auditioning for the chapel choir in my first year. Aww. But since listening to the podcast, I've uh, really wished I hadn't because I'm also a physics graduate and a massive nerd when it comes to YouTube, streaming, gaming, choral works, film and Wikipedia. Hey. So most of the things talked about on the show. I was going to say, you're like our perfect reader. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, it's. I mean, having having known Ben for a while through singers, he's absolutely fantastic, and I'm 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 so glad that you're a listener, actually, because from I totally agree. I feel like as as terms of kind of what we discuss and how we are as people, there's a Venn diagram of all those different things, yeah, and he's bang in the middle. Perfection. Yeah, exactly. Um, he goes on to say, uh, anyway, thought I'd ask you guys for some advice. In April, I'm starting work at a tech company in Cambridge. Ooh. It's a big move for me, and I know almost uh, know almost nobody in the area, but I'm very keen to keep up with certain outside work activities like singing. Do you guys have any tips or recommendations? I feel like it was very easy as a student, as, as, as a student at school or university, but now I have much less of an idea where to go and who to talk to. Keep up the good work, guys. All the best. Ben McMurty, age 23.0082. Oh, decimal heresy. This will not stand. I, I, we, oh god it's good i like it it's good it's no good. do not encourage the heresy I'm, of course i'm going to encourage the heresy if it's something that you dislike but it's heresy I, I just this is non-negotiable <laughs> the holy fractional inquisition will come after you ben i will make Don't sure worry, the church it. the church of mormonism is entirely accepting of any 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 decimals in all forms. hammering on the door like sanctuary give us sanctuary <laughs> Okay, so how to keep up with stuff like music? I mean, and I'm a terrible person to ask this because I sang all, all the way for Exeter and it did mm. wonderful things for me. And since finishing, I haven't sung, apart from when I came back to Exeter since, because I partly because I've been so busy, but also because I haven't had the gumption to sort something out. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I definitely think it's important to keep these things going, as you said. Um, quite how is obviously very context specific. It's it's mm. a question of what's available in your local area. Um, I suppose he has the benefit of, of, of if you're going to be working in Cambridge, you know, certainly choirs are, aren't exactly in short supply. No, but the thing is, they're university choirs. There is, there's, there's quite a few um, separate ones, too, that were either ones that parish churches or um, yeah. just group. I mean, the, the only reason I, I know is because I, um, I don't know. Are you part of the choral agency on Facebook? No, no. So there's a group on Facebook, Ben. I'll, um, I'll add you to it. Um, called uh, the choral agency and it's basically a it's a hub for uh 
choirs across the UK, um, usually of a, of a standard of, of people who have been singing for a while, so you to- totally fit in, um, but they always advertise just random little gigs and things. But like, if somebody's free in the Cambridge area, uh, we need a bass to sing this music on this day. Um, it's paid, blah, 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 but it's also a really good way of hearing about choirs you haven't heard of before and then finding all the relevant contact details and, and being able to say you've got a leg up already because you're not just emailing them out of the blue you can say oh i saw your ad in the choral agency and mm-hmm. i'll go oh right got you okay um so ben i'll definitely add that to you um add you to that rather um i mean I, that might be a, might be an easy way of doing it i was gonna um, say i mean just the idea of just looking for local church choirs i think it's a good one because as an institution it's regular it, it, the, the quality is obviously going to be a bit variable like from church to mm. church but you know you can always go and do a couple of sessions in different places and see how it goes it also it means that you're then going to meet other people through that one point of contact. And then you don't know what you might find out of that. There might be other things that you can do. Um, there, you know, when you start work at this tech company that you might find that everyone does a, is part of a and d mm. group. Like I know at the Apple store, we have, we have, we're putting together a and d team as we speak, um, which is super exciting. Um, and I think I'm going to give a, give a, have, have a, have a go at, um, DMing, which is really oh. exciting. Um, I've done kind of I've, I've I've kind of done a little bit before, um, so I'm I'm not going in kind of completely as a complete novice, mm. um, but uh, but that should be fun. But you, yeah, you, I think you never know. Just just have a look on, you know, you can search um, you can search not kind of like groups and activities by location through th- like Facebook is really actually really good for that. Um, just search choir or search I don't know the things that you uh, gaming or or you know a particular sport and as soon as you put it in you can you can organize it by location closest to you and you might be able to see that oh actually there is a there's a choir that's going to meet here every night and here are the details to find them oh that's a really um, useful tip actually i didn't know that yeah oh wow um, actually useful shit in the rookie cast yeah look at that i'm just i'm super glad that he's keeping it up because ben had an absolutely cracking voice um and singers is is all the all the all the all the worse off um for, for, for not having him but i'm glad that i'm glad you keep singing ben and you need to come back to extra soon and we'll grab a, we'll get a beer or something yeah, well if i'm around i'd like to meet him too sounds like a top lad yeah yeah, yeah. it's fantastic honorary top lad ben mcmurty everyone round of applause next up we've got an email from tim boxall with an excellent avatar of homer wearing his nacho hat uh hi dan and simon okay but wrong wrong order of the name so there we go thanks for mentioning the war game in the latest episode of the Wikicast. it's so important that the public stays informed on the current risk of nuclear armament so this was the um terrifying really terrifying documentary that i encouraged everyone to watch about a fake nuclear attack in the uk uh, yeah, yeah. um so you've been busy so you haven't had a chance yeah. to watch it um but i'll tell you what i'll do is I'll, I'll watch it in between now and the live stream Okay. So if people are talking about it on the live stream, then I'm at least on board. Okay, because I, 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 I nearly brought this into Critics Corner, but I think it's probably more suitable here. Um, because I've, I, we've had a few messages uh, on Facebook and, and this from Tim, and I think maybe one or two other emails. Um, just to read what he said, he said, and then I'll kind of talk about it. After the false nuclear alert in Hawaii in January, the BBC interviewed a specialist on disaster preparedness who said the UK is pretty unique in not having a large-scale national alert system. He told Enimoa on Radio 4's PM that if there was a warning of an impending missile strike on TV, people might think it's a hoax as there's no guidance on what such a warning would look like. That's my prevailing thought from this fascinating film. If the UK were attacked by nuclear weapons today, we might not even know what hit us. That's something that I didn't know. I had no idea mm. that we didn't have a national warning. Because to be fair, if you saw a warning on TV or a radio thing, um, I think we'd probably all be conditioned to think, oh, it's a viral marketing campaign. Or like, 
this is a, a scam, you know? Mm. Like, that I wouldn't take it seriously if it was on TV, I don't think. I mean, the other mm. question is, what what on earth would you do? Like, It's like, your city's about to be get hit by a nuclear warhead. Okay, what am I going to do? Go underneath the doorway? Mm. Like... It was like actually for the for the red alert, um, like the code red weather warning that Exeter received. Um, the fastest way of me finding out was not actually through any anything online or on television. Um, I, w- I was actually sent a, a text via the um, like Apple have an emergency number, right at work. So if in t- in in cases of like of an environmental disaster or something or something like um, terrorist attacks or things like that, they send an email out, well, a text message out to all employees. It was just kind of a message being sent out. Obviously, you can't reply to it. But it, because it came from work, there was kind of no question that you had to take it seriously because it wasn't from like a just a, a number that you receive saying like, oh, there's something happening. Okay. Like the NHS, the NHS do the same thing. Yeah, I, I got texts from them saying, you know, because of the snow, don't come in unless it's absolutely essential. We don't have anybody yeah. in, um, kind of thing. So, you know, I, I, I just think that's a really fascinating point that, yeah, if a nuclear attack happens, I mean, for one thing, you've got minutes at most of warning mm. and what on earth are you going to do in that time anyway other than tell your family that you love them um mm. you know what what do you think you would do if 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 there was like a nuclear alert it says extra's about to be hit by a nuclear bomb you know what what on earth would you do if you had if you knew you had like two minutes absolutely no idea like i think try and get try and uh, try and get to people that i care about but like imagine the pandemonium Everyone's probably going to do that. Everyone's going to have their doors open and like run, just run yeah. to or call on their wives or husbands or uh, family. Like I just, it, it just, it just like I'm trying to imagine the scale of that heartbreak. Like knowing that everybody in your city is probably going to die. Like yeah. how on earth do you do you comprehend that? You know, like god just like just trying to imagine that is making me really like feel sick like yeah. just imagine looking out of the street and there's people everywhere running it it's one of those it is it's that cliched line of like i can't possibly imagine but you actually can't possibly imagine yeah. like you just i don't know what i do it'd either be that i'd either you know obviously because i'm here with people at uni and say being like look who's who's close let's just get together and be together in this final few moments yeah or i think i would it's weird, actually. You asked me that question, and I immediately played a scenario in my head where I would take the drawers out from under my bed, hmm. close the drawers under my like get in, put the drawers in behind me, put my headphones in, and play like play a piece of music, and then just like curl up into a ball, close my eyes, and be like, okay, here, like basically try and yeah, here it comes. Prepare myself, prepare myself for death. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the only other thing would be if I was in the middle of town, I would. Yeah. I would just break into the underground tunnels. That's that, mm. I think if I was near that like, like yeah, crossroads, true. I would just be like, get as many people in the tunnels as possible because if there's anywhere yeah. in Exeter that survived a nuclear attack, it's the medieval tunnels. Yeah. Like, but just Jesus, like trying to imagine that. So it, like, this is the kind of thing. How do you think the cathedral would would hold up? I wouldn't go in the cathedral because I think it would be hit by the shockwave. And even if there were catacombs or whatever to go in underneath, it would just collapse on you. Yeah. Same reason why I wouldn't go for the John Lewis basement. Like there are there are mm. areas next to which have basements or like cavern or something, but mm. there are quite hefty buildings over the top of it. Like I know that the, yeah. the tunnels have a building over the top of it as well, but like you, if you could get into the bit, actually you wouldn't want to go into the bit underneath the roads because obviously if you're trapped in there, then you're just going to die. You yeah. know, you, you ideally want to get into somewhere that's below ground. So if the shockwave does come and tear the buildings off the top of you, then 
you could be at least somewhat thermally insulated. But this is the yeah. reason why people should watch this film because it actually makes you confront, and 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 then you remember that that's a real possibility. That could just happen today. I was going to say tomorrow, but mm. it could happen today. You know, it, it it's utterly terrifying. Um, yeah. and that's why people should watch this film because, it, and it is very emotionally affecting at the end when you have a year on from um, a nuclear attack and they're interviewing children it's like I don't want to be anything when I grow up I just mm-hmm. I just I don't know what I you know there's nothing for me to be uh, and there's like a, a priest trying to trying to lead a congregation at Christmas and it's like oh it's so depressing but that's why mm-hmm. this film is important so I'm glad that you messaged that into him because that is like such a thought provoking idea that yeah yeah anyway sorry I, I i it's very depressing but honestly i'll clue the link again if you haven't seen it do watch it it's like 50 minutes it's such an important watch we've got an email here from karishma daga saying hello from the other side of the pond <laughs> hey you two which is a, the first time that anyone's actually used that uh yeah that greeting at the start of an email which I, is really quite nice <laughs> um gets around the, the yeah it's nice quite it's a nice neutral way in between yeah yeah that's the baguette uh, i'm karishma way. She says, I'm Karishma, a second year computer science and math student from Canada. I just uh, heard back from my recruiter and I'm really excited to say that I'll be a software engineer, engineering intern at Microsoft in Seattle this oh, summer. Oh, you're Chuchum Scoochum. Uh, this, uh, this started so well that you've said the M word. Oh, what's he done? Oh, Microsoft. Oh, oh dear. Dan's just come out in a uh, rash. Oh, well. Oh, well. I, she says, I actually switched from my pre-med to CS in my first year. So this is a huge accomplishment. Wow. God, that's a turnaround well for the books, isn't it? Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, I booked super cheap tickets to Amsterdam in May to celebrate, and I'll have enough time to also travel to two to three more cities from there. I have about two and a half weeks. My parents are meeting me up in Cologne um, to visit some family, and we'll probably go to Berlin and Hamburg from there. Do either of you have any recommendations for things to do in Amsterdam, Berlin, or Hamburg, or for cities that I should go to? I love walking around the city and exploring it aimlessly. I love food, and I'm vegetarian, and I hate waiting in queues. Um, I'm super open to trying new things, and I love coffee and tea. Hope you both have a great week. Uh, I'm a long-time watcher of Simon's vlogs, and I really enjoy listening to the Wikicast on the mornings, uh, in the mornings on Saturdays, uh, or when I'm coding. I actually grew up in London, Harrow on the Hill, uh, and moved to Canada when I was ten. So it's a bit nostalgic listening to you uh, to rank supermarkets. <laughs> I really miss London, and I still think it's the best city I've ever lived in. Thanks so much. Best. Character. So basically, she's asking, uh, like, what is there to do in Europe, <laughs> like in yeah. big cities? Well, we can certainly, we can certainly. I, I mean, I've. I've been to Berlin and I really like Berlin so I can recommend some things there. I've never been to Hamburg so I'm afraid you're in the dark from me there and then Simon and I have both done Amsterdam so yeah what would you kick off with I mean in Amsterdam I would definitely say if you don't like queues don't do the Anne Frank house because you will you'll oh, yeah. queue for day literally days unless if you know that you're going in May book your tickets now yeah but you still have to queue to pick them up don't you I think I, uh, I think the queue we saw was the queue to pick up tickets Oh god, I don't know then. The one that you might be able to, but depending on the ticket you get, you might be able to like get a fast track or something. The one that you could definitely do to avoid queuing um, is get your ticket for the Van Gogh Museum early. And mm. I, we, me and my friend, walked in like we walked past this gigantic queue because we just printed them out beforehand. Um, yeah. I think you could do the same for the Rijksmuseum, but we didn't have to queue much anyway for that. And those are all great museums yeah. in Amsterdam. Um, Rijksmuseum is absolutely incredible. Yeah, really, really good museum. Um, I mean, Amsterdam generally, it's just good for walking around, I thought. It's a nice city. Mm. What about Berlin? You know Berlin better than I do. I'm trying to remember, there's, a, there's an abandoned airfield that's been turned into like a national park. Um, oh, okay. Which I forget the name of, um, but it's really good. You should totally go there. Um, and then there's also just the sheer amount of like small little pop-up, um, like 
groovy coffee places and the music scene in berlin is awesome there's the g word he's used the g word for the first time in a while groovy it's back back with a vengeance back. um yeah so see what see what music's going on um try like catch something in the in the the, the um it's a music bowl in berlin i think and then, i mean because i was uh, i was in berlin over the summer and i i just had to wander around because i didn't have any money uh but the berliner dom the the cathedral was very cool i'd wish i'd gone in there um mm. i mean to be honest like i didn't i really i want to go back i actually want to do the city properly but that was it was a nice city to walk around again i would also recommend vienna if you're thinking of going that far south i thought vienna was a gorgeous city um again mm. music's it's the slightly different music scene uh it's the classical music scene is fantastic you can go to concerts any night um and some beautiful buildings great public transport in vienna really it's just, it's just a lovely city i, I really really like vienna yeah. Um, and then I went to Stuttgart uh, with Chapel Choir. Yeah, it was Stuttgart. Um, again, like there wasn't a huge amount necessarily to do there, I didn't think. Mm. Like there was the Mercedes-Benz Museum, which was actually very interesting if you're into cars. Um, and we kind of just chilled in parks for a bit. But like, I don't know, it might not be worth like a, a tour. I'm sure I'll get readers from Stuttgart telling me that all the things to do. Um, well, tell you what, maybe that's actually the thing. If you live in a big European city in, I mean, mm. did she say specifically Germany? Or was it just? Yes. Okay. So if you live in a, in a central, not central, but like Western European big city in Germany in particular, maybe email in with your suggestions of what to do in your town because yeah we don't know all the cities in, in europe but like you guys do and th- presumably there's time so if you email in we'll relay that on in a, in a future segment in fact that could just be like a little bit of local pride you could be like well my city's great because you can do this this and this and i'd be interested mm. if nothing else um uh, did you find the thing did i find the thing you were looking for the music bowl was it in berlin oh yeah no i didn't oh okay <laughs> Yeah, jolly good. We've had nearly fifteen hundred downloads of this podcast in Germany. Those. So we definitely have German listeners, which means this is when we look to you uh, as 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 followers of the podcast, followers of the podcast, to help out a reader in need. Yes. What, what, um, hang on. What's reader in German? This is where Google Translate will spectacularly fail me. Uh, hang on. Translate.google.com. This is the map that we go to. Besser. Did you say? Lesser. I think. Yeah. Let's have a quick look. Uh, reader. Yeah. Le- oh, no, maybe not. Less or der lesser. L-E-S-E-R. Reader. Or vor lesser. Or is that, is that lesser or Lisa? I have no idea. Lisa needs braces. I don't know. Um, dental plan. So yes, well, uh, uh, German, German readers, over to you. And then lastly, we have an email from... Zusa? She says... Susan, if you can't figure out the pronunciation... Zusa, I think that's spelled Z S U Z S A. So that's my guess. Um, Cher messieurs, I quite like that. Oh, hey, look at that! I'm actually writing an email. Hi, I'm Zusa or Susan to make things easier. I've been a podcast listener for quite a while, and I have to say I love it. It makes the daily physio fly by. So thanks so much for the non-content. Well, you're welcome. Glad, I'm sorry I had to have physio every day, but you know I'm glad mm. that we can help. Uh, I now have a question, or rather, what you think about the subject, and whether you have any tips. I'm planning to go back to school for a master's degree in translation, which is why I thought it'd be mm. interesting to read out, um, which is because that's fascinating. Um, and for that, I need to have a second foreign language under my belt besides english which i hope is quite obviously not a problem it's not i genuinely would guess that this was written by someone whose english was their first language um the second language would be or should be french but the thing is i haven't used the language in for 
something like four years. So now I need to relearn the language, but it's proving to be a big challenge. My question is, have you ever been in a situation where you've had to relearn something that you already knew? If so, how did you go about it? Do, do you have anything like that, Dan? I'm just trying to think. There are times when if I hadn't picked up an instrument for a while and I used to remember how to play pieces and then I try and get it again, I'd be like, nope, it's just gone. So that I, that to a degree. Mm. But really, um, no, from an academic perspective, not really. I, I mean, when I went back to to the Netherlands for the singers tour to Amsterdam last year um there were there were bits of my Dutch that was gradually like coming back to me not that my Dutch was especially good in the first place but just kind of like getting a like vague grasps of things but n- not to the extent that that, that uh Sousa's uh describing yeah because I, I was going to say about the whole Dutch thing that, that was the thing that immediately sprang to mind um i've because i didn't take any time out from education i've gone straight through and i've specialized you know increasingly as i've gone on i've not really had to remember how to do stuff um like i've always just been using it i suppose the exception would be like learning to code again after like with a new language but then that's kind of a little bit different because it's like i hadn't coded for a while but i wasn't relearning something i was you know doing a new modifying it was learning something very similar to something i'd learned before that i hadn't used for a while um yeah I don't know any tips and tricks I just I think basically just take it slow like go make sure you don't jump ahead like make sure you get the the fundamentals down would be my best guess but strong foundation and then go from there don't try and run before you can walk yeah yeah that's probably the best advice I could give with no contextual backing that up whatsoever um uh, and then she basically goes on to say, let me share the beautiful story of how I originally got accepted onto the program. So this is for the degree in translation. Uh, we had a three okay. component application process with one written exam and two spoken exams, one in English and one in French. English was a no brainer, but French, oh boy. I went into the room. They started speaking. I panicked and said, je ne parle pas bien français, meaning I don't speak French very, very well, lol. They spoke at me for quite a while. I tried to pretend I understood. And at that, uh, and at the end of it all, I stood up and said in English, okay, thank you, goodbye. And marched out of the room. <laughs> How on earth I got accepted as a mystery. <laughs> so I just thought- that, that actually reminds me of my IB, uh, Ab initio Spanish verbal exam. Uh, or as they call it, the oral exam, which uh, scared me. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, you, they, they walk in and I, it was done by my teacher who was Venezuelan. Um, which was it was it probably worked out to to work in my favor towards the end because it was so it was difficult but she spoke with a a rapidity that you know like Mm. spanish is fast anyway yeah it's got i think it does actually have the the greatest number of syllables per minute in an an average conversation yeah you you she took she would fly through and there would be times where like i think i had to use the phrase um lo siento puede repetir por favor um, sorry, can you say I'm that again? Sorry, please. Re- yeah, please say that again. Um, or speak slower. I can't, yeah, but like, oh, and it's just be times where she'd, she'd just say this garble of Spanish and I'd just look at her and nod slowly. See, <laughs> like, mm, mm, see. Sí, sí. And then she'd say it again a bit slower and I'd realise that like she'd been like, um, anyway, so what's, the, what, you know, like um, of all the books you've read this year, which one has made the biggest impact on you? And my response was, mm, see, yes, see. yes. <laughs> nice coat. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I got a six though, six out of seven. So. Nice. Yeah. Okay. but that's the other thing. I can't remember. I can't hardly remember any Spanish at all. Yeah, which is really sad actually. I think I might try and start Duolingoing it. Again. I might. And I know that members of the the, uh, the readership have been doing Duolingo. Like your forehead's been streaming it, and like because I tried mm, to learn Spanish. To... Dan Hanvey's doing Danish. Yeah, he's twelve percent fluent at, like a, at a rate of knots. He's 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 you know he's going to be 
he, he saw something like the current rate by by midnight tonight he's going to be fluent 365% or something <laughs> like because the thing is i learned a bit of spanish from duolingo to try and impress pixel girl and i mm. the thing is like i can understand a fair bit of spanish i just can't speak it um so like i should probably get back on the duolingo to try and because at the moment I feel like my vocabulary is okay, actually. Like, of the stuff, as in the vocabulary I learned, I know a tiny fraction, a tiny, tiny fraction of a 1% of Spanish words that I'd need to, like, function in Spain. But, like, I feel like I've recalled what I did do reasonably well. Mm. But it's the it's the grammar, it's the structure. Because that's what Geolingo is good at, right? Is the vocabulary. Whereas, like, yeah. you don't learn how to put together a sentence, really. I need to, I need to see the rules. Like I think, I think Pixel Girl and I differ in that sense. I think she tries to teach purely using target language, whereas I'm like, mm. give me a textbook that explains how you form a sentence, and then like, because yeah. that's just how I've always learned. Because I'm a mathematician, like a scientist. Like, I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to get people's thoughts on Geolingo again. I just, I love emails. I love getting emails from the readers. So please do send them in. Um, mm. But uh, yes, the, the other thing is with this email, um, I had to read it out because the subject line was, "Here come that subject line." Oh, <laughs> what up? And I was like, well, that's getting read out. I don't even care what it says. Um, and it turns out it was a very interesting email. So thank you, hmm. Zusa. I'm not going to say Susan because I, I, I'm hoping that that's correct. She concludes with, as for the cats versus dogs debate, sorry, Dan, cats till I die. Thank you very much. Uh, but just to balance things out, I'll join Dan on the subtle ab- Apple advertisements. At my previous Wait. job, I had a MacBook Air and the easy connectivity between my laptop and my iPhone. Airdrop, continuity. I miss it dearly. So, you know, she's 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 splitting her her forces between us. But I I think she's that this is a great email. So thank you very much mm. for emailing in, Caesar. Yeah, thank you. So Simon, what have we learned today? Today, Dan, we have learned about Beth Nielsen Chapman. Do you remember oh anything God, about yeah. her? Yeah, she was a country singer. One of her songs was Radio Radio Two's Record of the Week. Yeah. Oh, good memory. Uh, yeah. she, she's from she's from the south y'all um uh, and we know nothing else about her because there's basically nothing interesting oh but she she learned to play the guitar after her dad was going to get one and she started playing it instead that was that was the oh. only interesting thing from the good god we talked about everything this week didn't we we yeah we had a really long i mean we had the mouse prints featured quite heavily oh my god the mu- um, you're you're made of mice i totally forgot yeah. about that we had a really lengthy discussion about uh the oscars we did. um we we briefly touched on the s- death of stalin which i can highly recommend we talked about the snow um, before that as well and all the the chaos oh yeah. that's been going on it's been a it's, it's been a jam-packed uh segment it's been jam this, hot uh, this week and, and then also you know we had the crisis corner we were talking talking about academic burnout basically you know what happens when you hate what you're doing at uni uh yes, yes. and some great emails i think this was a solid episode well done everyone it's been fantastic well done yeah. you're all part well done everyone round of applause chat you know clapping emojis, clapping emojis. i mean mostly for us let's face it we're the ones who did the work yeah. and i edited it so mostly me in fact but so yeah mostly i'm, I'm just here and kind of waffle a bit <laughs> and then you're like okay bye <laughs> yeah also um uh shout out to my mum uh, who, uh, Mum, if you're listening, the package you sent me finally arrived after you sending it for ages. It took a whole week to get it. It was 21 here. years late, and... but he's finally got one. He... Yeah, finally got one. I'm going to be putting it to good use. <laughs> I, um, she, she sent me a load of cleaning stuff and it's really adorable. So thank you, Mum. Also, hi, Dan's Mum. You're great. You've got it going on. I've been led to understand. She's fab. She's fab. Daniel's Mum has got it going on. Fantastic. She is all I want. She has been gone for so long. I haven't been seen wait- her in ages. <laughs> been waiting for so long. Daniel can't, Linda can't see. you see. <laughs>
You're just not the... Your death's the mum for me. <laughs> and that's all for this week's episode. Don't for subscribe... Don't for subscribe to us. Don't for subscribe... Let's, let's go again. That's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook, and if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Germany holiday destinations, what you do in a nuclear attack suggestions, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole, and, and we'll see, see you next time. It's such a right. banger of a song. I've actually been listening to that unironically a such lot. A tune. <laughs> like, Would you like a pastry-based dessert? Are you asking me if I want a pie? pie. <laughs> <laughs>